Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 64. John and Wendy talk to Rob Targos. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you doing, John? Wendy, I'm well, and as they say, there's no rest for the weary. We're going to be in New York soon after this episode is out. And you're going right from New York back home to South Dakota Sherm. Yeah, it's going to be a whirlwind uh, week for me. I will be flying back to South Dakota on um, May 8th and then driving immediately up to Aberdeen for the South Dakota Sherm Conference, which is hashtag SoDakSherm19. Excited. They've got some great stuff planned. We will have uh, Jennifer McClure as one of the keynotes. And really excited because Friday, doing something a little bit different and joining LeaderCast to uh, round out the conference. So I think that's going to be an interesting way to share some great speakers and um, do something a little bit different. Uh, We haven't done it. I know there's a lot of cities around South Dakota that join in on that, but uh, we've never done that as a conference. Kind of hoping that turns out to be uh, a lot of fun. I've sat in on those before. So got some great local speakers as well. And uh, hopefully everyone will follow us on Twitter. And uh, I've got a great social media team that will be sharing content out. So trying some new stuff this year. I don't know. I'll be following and we did put out that episode that you did with Jennifer to yep. get what everybody's appetite for South Dakota. Anybody else you're excited about? Any other speakers that, that you haven't seen before or that you're not so familiar with? Not this year. There's not uh, not too many speakers that I haven't heard of, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, we've also got Scott Carbonera coming into town um, to kick off the conference. And it's always kind of fun to go up to uh, go up to Aberdeen, South Dakota. It's a small city in the state. They've got a lot of fun stuff to do up there. It's very family friendly. Great little vacation place if you need to get away from everything. That's for sure. Kind of looking forward to seeing what the Aberdeen Sherm Group has in store for us. Well, I'm, I will be following for sure, and I look forward to to seeing what comes out. I think it's yeah. great. I think it's great that it is. And like I said, no rest for the weary. I know it's going to be a, a long <laughs> week, but a very good one, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, it, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and be looking forward to some rest that weekend. That's for sure. Well, I think, Wendy, I can safely say that this is the first guest that we've ever had that has no direct relation to human resources. I thought about mm-hmm. this a lot over the last bit of time. The reason I, that this person is on, and I know you're going to make a formal introduction, but Rob and I have gotten to be very good friends over the last several years. We met when he was in job search and I was at an event, we're talking to people about job search and what have you. And we hit it off. We have a lot of similar interests. He's an amazing guy who's got an amazing story. Rob just launched his own podcast in the last few weeks that I really think our listener base should check out because he is talking about things from a very, very different perspective than anybody we know speaks from. And I've said that. I'm going to let you make the introduction and we'll get going. (laughs) So excited to welcome Rob to the show tonight. He is a New York native who uh, was born with spinal meningitis, which left him with cerebral palsy. Uh, So he went through many surgeries during his childhood and teen years, but mainstreamed in school and variety of work environments. He studied communications with a concentration in journalism and graduated cum laude from Mars College in Poughkeepsie, New York, 
And he was recruited by a disability employment agency and landed a job as online communications assistant through the AOL portal at Nickelodeon in Times Square. He learned many things about arts education and learning in his two and a half years with the company. And during that time, he also received the Ability First Award for his inclusion efforts. Currently, he works remotely full-time for Evolution Labs as a QC manager for their digital social emotional learning platform, and he incorporates quality control and quality curiosity along with quality cadence on a regular basis as part of his job. Welcome to the show tonight. Uh, As I said, so excited to have you here. Our first question is, what's in your glass? Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, John. What's in my glass tonight? Mio flavored water in in a plastic glass for safety. For safety reasons. (laughs) (laughs) What flavor of Mio? Orange tangerine. (laughs) Oh, yum. That sounds good. I think that's a first, Rob. (laughs) I think that's a first. Rob, this is typically where I ask about how you got in HR. As I already mentioned, though, you're not. I I was hoping maybe you could talk about a little more about who you are beyond what Wendy mentioned in your bio, but, you know, who you are and also what you do. I work remotely for a for Evolution Labs and handle different aspects of quality control from a production standpoint and also meet with different people to talk about processes and also talk to them about how they can improve mistakes within departments, for example, with handling spelling mistakes, grammatical mistakes, and things that build up cumulatively over a process. And one of the things that I handle is dealing with a lot of the human errors that come up across just from working in a digital in a digital environment. What I try to do is take the conventional of just finding and reporting errors and really try to find out what is really behind some of the some of the errors either from a process standpoint and build processes to support to support my coworkers and make the processes and jobs easier and quicker. I, I like that you're on process. That's what we do in HR a lot is a lot of processes and uh, try to make them better. So Rob, what is the what's been the biggest misconception people have had about you and the workplace? And how do you go about addressing it? Some of the common things that I come across is dealing with reasonable, reasonable accommodation. Early in my career, I didn't necessarily know what I, what I had the right to ask for. And also, I didn't realize that with the fact that I was going to school, I always adapted to the environment. And it wasn't until I started working in professional environments that I got more educated about reasonable accommodation. And the reasonable accommodation was often viewed as special privilege or additional advantage in a competitive work environment. And one of the ways that I handled that was some people would say, Oh, I wish I had that, or oh, if I had that, my job would be faster. And some of of my sarcastic response was, "You can have my accommodation, 
but uh, you also have to take my crutches, crutches with me. Usually that disarmed some people, and sometimes I would joke around and say things like, well, with my disability, I really am half Polish. I tried to use different ways to disarm uh, different people. That would probably help quite a bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Did you get any good responses? It usually surprised them that uh, I would hand my crutch to them and say, if you want the accommodation here, you, you have to walk with my crutch too. <laughs> that stopped that for some people to ask what. But some people were also curious, and it's hard to sometimes judge or negotiate what people want and what a, a learning experience is. So I try to sure. also take teachable, teachable moments and try to turn turn those around, and so that people can actually learn from. Thing. That's one of the reasons why I like social emotional learning, and because of my disability really goes beyond me. I'm able to use it on multiple levels. Well, you and I have had conversations about the whole idea of diversity and inclusion, and especially in the HR world, we talk about it a lot. What advice would you give those practitioners that listen to the show? What would you? tell them about how can we get better at inclusion when it comes to the disability community? I think as far as getting to getting better with inclusion in the disability community, viewing crutches not as signals or indications of a person's disability, but in my case, it's using my crutches as tools or devices to navigate the world. And everybody uses their different tools, different experiences to navigate their jobs, to navigate their routines, and help them to navigate in different social and also work environments. So to me, my disability is no different, and I use my crutches as a tool to navigate the world, and even I even use it as a management tool. and. When you look at it from a management point of view, it also helps to realize that it's something that you can use to help other people become better in, in working as a team. Because sometimes people bring different skill sets to a project and realizing that different people bring different skill sets to a project, it's important in a trying to deal with management of different teams. Rob, recently you've launched a podcast called The Cerebral Podcast, which I, I adore that title. I think that's awesome. So what are some of your goals in doing the podcast? And can you talk about the plans you have for the show? I spent most of my life dealing with different aspects of social emotional learning and, qual and quality control. And I, I want to try to provide a arena for how do you bring ideas, devices, and tools together and not just provide encouragement. Because I spent years in my own room and a lot of time in just in my own head trying to figure out different parts or um, different ways to navigate in society, in my job, and even in, in different tasks. I want to try to 
take reasonable accommodation and merge it with reasonable action, taking things like TV, movies, and music. One of the examples I use with music is things like Pink's Beautiful Beautiful Trauma and how the oxymoron of a beautiful trauma or Miley Cyrus' Wrecking Ball is something that can seem like a, a negative thing, but it, because it's an oxymoron, it, it can become a positive. And so I like to use things like that to break barriers and also break misconceptions. One of the things that I'm actually working on right now is actually based on one of the conversations that you had, Wendy, with Tamara Raspberry and talking about the use and importance of of social capital. Very cool. Thank you for listening to that episode. <laughs> yes, we have we have one non-HR listener at least. Yes. Woohoo. <laughs> I love it. I was telling John before the, that I was listening to Paul Land earlier today and I actually was listening to your one-on-one with Anne earlier today and you were talking about how different barriers that you were dealing with ceilings. And I thought that was really interesting how you mentioned that for some, for some people that it's dealing with levels of concrete or just more difficult barriers. So I appreciated that. You know, one of the things Anne and I were talking about, we, we haven't had anyone who's differently abled yet on the show. So that is, um, one area that we're looking to um, see if we can't find someone in the HR realm who <laughs> who fits into that to have that conversation. I appreciate that you you've listened to that. I've because I've been on both sides. I've actually managed people with disabilities, and I've obviously been on the being a person with a disability. It's interesting that the from what I what I see personally and professionally is the barriers and just understanding dignity and respect and how dignity and respect can be used as a way to build larger learning space for people with disabilities and just general general barriers whether it be women and uh, or other areas and to me a drill is not only a tool but it can also be an exercise that promotes accountability both inside and outside the workplace. And I think one of the things that handling barriers can also be a good way to, to view inclusion because everybody has barriers, everybody has vulnerabilities. And there's sometimes a lot of shame or discomfort just around meeting people with disabilities or I mean, one of the stories that just popped into my head is when I first met John, I walked up to him and I said, I hope you don't mind, but I can't shake your hand. And I just wanted to make sure that he knew that I couldn't do that. And he, of course, he he understood, but it was something where I felt like I had to, to let him know or what my situation was or my, what my ability level was and what I didn't realize until later on that he already understood that. And it wasn't, I didn't, 
find out that he was an HR person yet, but it was just an interesting experience that sometimes people with disabilities have to negotiate certain things. And one of the things that I think HR people can do is create and think about other ways for people to learn about each other and really talk about some of their vulnerabilities or weaknesses, both in the workplace and out. Well, Rob, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the Half Hour Question Connection. And our first question is, who was your first professional mentor, and what was the most important or impactful thing you learned from them? My first mentor was a resident director that I had at Marist College. And the big thing that I learned from her was that I had gone through two weeks of training and at the end of the two weeks, I went to her and I said, I don't think I'm ready to take on this job. It just seems like too much. And one of the things that she really talked to me about was it's not only the training that we're doing now, but it's an on-the-job and an ongoing training. And one of the things that I really learned from her was that life doesn't always happen with just traditional training, but it's an ongoing learning process. So I've really taken that and carried that with me, along with my crutches. Rob, who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know? Amy Jo Martin, who is a practical and tactical person that does a podcast, and she also has written a couple of books on management. And one of the things that she talks about that I really like is that she talks about if you're afraid of different situations or if things intimidate you, go through or think about what the worst case scenarios or the different possibilities or options are to prepare yourself for what's going to happen. And it helps me to, to sometimes negotiate with fears and concerns or even obstacles that I, that I might have. Rob, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? The advice that I would give myself is to run my own race and not to worry about other people or uh, trying to keep up with other people because you're really just living life for yourself and not don't want to keep with other people just to stay stay competitive and I think the real growth for me was realizing that for some part of my career, trying to overachieve and accomplish things rather rather than just being happy. And so I've realized over the last, especially over the last three years, that it's important to run my own race and curiosity and other things and other opportunities will come into your lane. You don't necessarily have to keep up with and try to uh, compete against other people. I know you do a lot of different things. And how do you enjoy giving back to the community at large? I love to just talk about my uh, my experience, and especially as to, as it has to do with disabilities and social emotional learning, 
and confidence and risk-taking and responsible decision-making, especially for kids with disabilities and parents with disabilities, because I really think that that's one of the important experiences that I've had. And there's a reason why I've gone through some, a lot of the issues that I've gone through is to help people. And I do that through sometimes performing at the theater projects through the local Jewish community center. And so it, it, and it just using different arts and entertainment projects to perform and become other characters and expand myself. Rob, what's your favorite movie? It's probably not a surprise, but it's a wonderful life. The movie, I've loved the movie ever since I, I was a little kid, and it really showed me that you could go through whatever, whatever you went through, but if you just change your perspective or change how you approach your life, how it can dramatically change. And I watched that movie even not during Christmas time. How about your favorite musician or band? My favorite uh, band is, has to be Def Leppard, Love Bites and Pour Some Sugar on Me. And the whole Hysteria album is something that takes me back to my high school years. How about a favorite TV show? I have two. There's one from the 1990s, Baywatch, because not many people know that Baywatch did over 40 episodes on some type of disability or trauma. That surprises a lot of people. And I actually got the opportunity to meet with all of the executive producers, both through my work in college and through Nickelodeon. So uh, the other show is a more recent show, and that's Castle. They dealt a lot with murder and mystery, but they also found ways to make it humorous and entertaining and interesting at the same time while dealing with a serious subject. Rob, I have to say, as long as I've known you, I didn't know about It's a Wonderful Life or Def Leppard. I certainly knew the Baywatch story. I'm amazed that Batman is somehow not tied into all this because I think that's where we truly bonded. Uh, I can say I was drawn in the Castle graphic novel a few years ago, if that's good for anything. <laughs> uh, that's, that's our connection tonight, I guess. Having said that, it, when, when you're not watching that movie or listening to or some sugar on me watching those shows. What else do you like to do outside of work? Watch Marvel movies. I've really gotten into Marvel and DC, and DC, especially with how well they've been doing with the Avengers and some of the other movies. I've also gotten into eating a lot of ethnic food, thanks thanks to you and some other people <laughs> that we all know. And it's and I also like to write and do poetry. And so those are some things that I do outside of work. Finally, Rob, if you weren't working in QC in the digital space, what do you think you'd be doing professionally? I think I'd be either a uh, guidance counselor or a mental health counselor. Because one of the things that really fascinates me at this point is that people's individual journeys, people's individual obstacles and how 
how they can use their own experience to to get around different issues that they've had and really figure out a positive way to both look at things and to use maybe a, a not so positive experience and turn it into a positive experience. Rob, this is typically where I talk about if somebody's not, or we're glad they're in HR because if they weren't, they're not on the show. That doesn't apply here. I appreciate the fact that you are my friend. I appreciate how you approach life and your passion to to help others. I am incredibly thankful that we had a chance to do this. As I told you, once the podcast launched, I wanted to have you on. I talk a lot about you a lot because I just you, you really are an inspiration to me in many ways. I know that the listeners that have never heard of you before, they're going to want to go check you out. What's the best way for them to find you out there online? Best way to find me is through my new po- podcast URL, thecerebralpodcast.podbean.com, or I'm on Twitter at Rob Targos. That's T as in Tom, A-R-G-O-S. And another way to find me is on Facebook. We will have all that in the show notes. Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for the listeners to find you? Best way to find me is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, the fourth Sunday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern time, you will find me on Twitter as part of the HR Social Hour Twitter chat. How about you, John? You go to hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. On the left-hand side, you'll see three little lines. If you click on that, it'll drop down and show you all my social accounts and how to reach me there. And as always, if you're there and there's an episode like this that you're you're listening, you've checked this out, but maybe it's that uh, South Dakota Sherm show with Jennifer McClure or a more recent episode that you haven't heard, download, listen, review, share, subscribe, anything that you can help us do to boost the signal. We really appreciate. We can't thank you enough. We continue to see growth and it's exciting and you all are part of it. And again, we just can't thank you enough. So Rob, again, appreciate being with us tonight. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. 